On this episode of Driven Too Far, learn how you can get involved with Truckers Against Trafficking and possibly save a life. Hello, I'm Andrew Winkler, and this is Driven Too Far, the truth about trucking, a podcast that helps over-the-road truck drivers balance career and family. Today on Driven Too Far, we're joined by Micah Larson with Truckers Against Trafficking. Welcome to the show, Micah. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me here. You bet. So we've all heard the the term human trafficking, and I kind of have to confess, you know, years ago when I first heard it, for whatever reason, I associate it with thinking about people being stuffed into a shipping container or something like that and, and pushed across a border. But it's so much more than that, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, it is. And and that's totally OK. I mean, it, this is a very modern um realization that we as a society have come to that it is so much more than just just that um and yeah so it's it's a big problem and and a lot of people have a lot of different opinions on what it looks like um which is why you know the company that i work with we we really work to bring that definition of what it really looks like and what it really is to the focal point of of you know the work that everyone's trying to do to combat it yeah so tell us a little bit about that maybe give us a high level overview what is human trafficking Absolutely. Uh, so human trafficking in, in its short definition is modern day slavery. That's what we really like to say, just to keep it to that small short point. But when we really expand upon that and look into the bigger definition, we have come to understand that human trafficking is in, is uh, the exploitation of human beings through force, fraud or coercion for either the purposes of commercial sex. And when I say commercial sex, you know, think of prostitution, stripping, brothels um, and pornography as well. And this is usually most typically associated with pimps as well. Um, but also not just sex trafficking, but also forced labor or labor trafficking as well. And when I say labor trafficking, I'm talking, you know, agricultural fields, sweatshops, but really it could be so much more than that too. You have your nail salons, the restaurant industry, labor trafficking can be in almost any industry out there. Um, and this is all where a trafficker or a victimizer is in control um, making a profit off of victims' backs. And this is when victims find themselves in situations where they literally cannot get themselves out of. So uh, for the for the purpose of our conversation anyway, I know we're, uh, we're focused on trucking and <clears throat> maybe truck stops and stuff. So talk a little bit about uh, our professional drivers that are out there listening. How would they recognize something like this? What does it look like? Absolutely. So um, human trafficking... The reason we focus on the trucking and busing and energy industries is because there are so many, you know, truckers in general. That's how we got started around the United States at any given point. There's 3.5 million of them. Right. Um, and they could provide an extra set of eyes and ears for law enforcement for when they're not out there in, in those specific spots. So. Uh, you're looking for those who look very underage that are on their own, that don't have supervision from adults. Um, oftentimes, truckers will say that they see people at truck stops knocking on truck doors or are maybe dressed inappropriately for the weather. Um, that's a big one of those red flags that we use to um, especially tell our law enforcement when we do a law enforcement training. We say, hey, does this person look like they're appropriately dressed for the weather? Are they wearing too much makeup for their age? Do they really look like they're the right age to be out here on their own? Um, and so asking those questions of like, hey, where are your parents? Are you traveling by yourself? What are you out here for? Oh, you're making money? Do you get to keep any of that money yourself? So it's we, we kind of go through a bunch of different things that are specific to each industry. Um, 
for what to look for. So that's kind of some of the stuff we go through with law enforcement trainings. Um, but for truckers, it's also keeping your eyes peeled. You know, they're out on the road um, in desolate locations. Uh, and the survivor story that I'll share a little bit later, actually, um, where a truck driver made the call is a perfect example of being aware of his surroundings and, and seeing something that was wrong for where he was at. Um, but yeah, so it can, it can look like a, a, a bunch of different things. It can look like, you know, a small town somewhere in the United States where there's not a heavy law enforcement, you know, um, presence, or it could be at a large event like the Super Bowl or something where they're hiding in plain sight. Uh, I'm wondering why, you know, so what truck stops, why is that so important? Is it because of they're located along the interstate highways or why, why do they get involved with truck stops? Yeah, that's that's one reason. Um, but the main reason is because pimps will take their victims wherever they can to make money and um, truck stops, you know, back in the day, especially. But now that we're combating it, it's getting better. But back in the day, especially, that was an area where um, a lot of victims of human trafficking were found. It was a hot spot for um, for pimps to bring their victims. And so, you know, the idea was, you know, all these truckers who are transportation professionals who um you know, take their jobs really seriously. If, if they were able to kind of see something that's wrong or see something that's a, you know, human rights violation, such as human trafficking, if we kind of saturate those truck stops with our materials, um, it, it provides a good outlet for potential victim recovery, right? Including like all those posters that say you want out of the life or some truck stops will have these posters that have little tearaways with the National Human Trafficking Hotline number on it that says, hey, are you in trouble? Tear one of these off, call this number, hide in the bathroom or or do whatever you can and, and call this number so that we can get you help. So let's talk just a second about who are the victims, like how to and I always think of young ladies, but it could certainly be young, young men as well. But of course. how do they get involved in that or how do they do they get snatched up or what's happening there? Yeah, so that that's actually a common that is a common misconception that a lot of people have that, you know, victims of human trafficking are are kids being kidnapped off the streets or, you know, snatched up. And while we're not saying, you know, that that doesn't happen, statistically speaking, it's just as a very small percentage of of those who are in the life. Um so the short answer is really victims of human trafficking can be anybody. It doesn't matter what age you are. Um, you could be an infant, a child, or you could be an adult. Um, there are several cases of underage, you know, victims and several cases of of those who are in their late 20s, you know, late 60s. It, it, so really, it doesn't matter. Um, anybody can be a victim. Uh, but then also disproportionately, this crime does affect women and girls of color the most, uh, according to statistics. So that's that's your um, those are your victims. And and the reason being for that is because traffickers prey on um, what we call those vulnerabilities. There are certain vulnerabilities that a human trafficker will see and say, oh, OK, I'm going to go after these groups of people because they are marginalized because they are at a disadvantage societally. So your LGBTQ, your youth, your homeless, your, um, you know, your people of color, uh, those are the people that are at a disadvantage statistically to society. And so human traffickers say, you know, I'm going to go right for them because there's a higher likelihood that I will succeed with, you know, getting them to be, to be groomed, uh, you know, basically. Um, but it's so, yeah, these, um, these, these victimizers will form relationships with their victims 
you know, for the most part. Um, they're either a boyfriend who comes in or they say that they're a boyfriend uh, and they'll say, you know, like, I love you. Uh, I'm the only one who's ever going to take care of you. They show a real interest in the victim because they oftentimes know that, um, you know, victims in those vulnerability categories aren't receiving a whole lot of love or aren't receiving a whole lot of attention. And so uh, that victimizer comes in and provides that for them. That's that kind of that pull factor that brings them in. Uh, and they say, hey, you know, like, I'm the only one who's ever going to love you. If you really love me, you'll do this for me, right? So that's that's typically what that looks like. It's a relationship that forms over time, but we do like to say that they're fast-paced relationships. Um, and that's often how victims find themselves pulled into those situations. So you mentioned the word pimp a, a couple times. Is is it the pimp that's out there trying to, you know, find these uh, young ladies and bring them into that lifestyle, or is there a different recruiting process, or what does that look like? So it's obviously it's it's going to be different for for most cases, but because there are so many different ways to do it. Yes, a pimp is that person who you know, takes control or is in control, but in certain different circumstances and situations, there will be different methods that they'll use. Um, oftentimes there will be a, what they call the bottom bitch, um, which is someone that they have had as a victim for a while who they like to refer to as seasoned. Um, and so they'll groom them so much to, to believe that like, hey, you're you're now the bottom bitch you're going to help me get these girls in you're going to help or or guys or whoever the victims are um and you're going to help me keep them here you're going to help me keep control over them uh and oftentimes that individual will get more um you know might get a little bit more money or better treatment um uh but then there's also different uh modern uh ways to um, recruit people as well. One of the um, more chaotic ways to really get victims uh, roped in is is through social media and an online presence. Um, it's a big it's a big deal nowadays, and there's a lot of statistics that point towards social media and online use being a really effective way to be able to traffic someone. How how specifically? I I thought of social media too because I was, you know, sometimes you get weird friend requests and just different stuff right. on different platforms. And, you know, I've never seen this person. The The picture they usually send is a little provocative or something like that. Mm -hmm. And you're going, okay, I'm not, I'm not jumping into this thing, but is that uh, one of their tactics or is this, is that something different? Uh, no, absolutely. It can be. And not every case is, but um, the danger is there for sure, uh, which is why we really like to tell, you know, parents and community members, like, take an active interest in what your child is doing online. Monitor what they're doing on their social media apps, you know. Um, you know, that boyfriend that they have, that that's that caring boyfriend, take an interest, know where they're going, what they're doing. Monitor them a little more because if you don't, the, the risks of them likely having something happening to them involving human trafficking go way up. 
Um, we just recently created parenting resources on how to talk to your kids about human trafficking, why should we talk about porn, um, and how to just engage with your community in human trafficking as well that have been really a, a rousing success. Uh, I work with a trailer at the company. I'm the FDP specialist and FDP stands for Freedom Drivers Project, uh, which is a mobile walkthrough exhibit on human trafficking that's got artifacts on the walls from real survivors. Um, and so at every event, we we now hand those resources out to parents and uh, it has just been a real success seeing interest in those worksheets and stuff like that. Well, let's let's talk about truckers against trafficking and let's talk about your mission and, and your purpose out there. Uh, how can we help spread yeah. the word? Absolutely. So Truckers Against Trafficking, 501c3 nonprofit organization, uh, and we exist to educate, equip, empower, and mobilize members of the trucking, bus, and energy industries to combat domestic sex trafficking as a part of their everyday jobs. So that was that original idea. Let's start with those truckers. There's 3.5 million of them. That would be a great extra set of eyes and ears. Um, all of our resources are industry-specific, you know, training materials that we uh, love to pass out and give to people. Um, and uh, they can find, uh, anybody can find those resources on our website, which is www.truckersagainsttrafficking.org. Um, whether you're a, a trucker or you know a community member in your community who just wants to help out, you can find our training free on our website that you can take and become a certified trucker against trafficking. Um, or if you are a member of a transportation company, you can request some of our materials online and we'll send it to you free of charge. Um, because that's one of the most important things about, about the work that we're doing and spreading the word of our work is, you know, use our materials, put them up in your local truck stops or, you know, talk to the management at the truck stop, obviously, but um, get those materials spread out to your communities, you know, um, and, uh, you know, spread the word. We really like to say like, hey, tell other people that you know about what what we're doing as a company. Um, and, uh, uh, and we also like to say, you know, get trained yourself, be willing to report a tip if you ever suspect human trafficking. Um, support us in any way you can think of. And most importantly, I want you to take this, this uh, message back home to your dinner tables. Talk to your families about this. The most important people to talk to are your kids. They need to hear about this kind of stuff in an age appropriate way from adults that they know and trust. Do you happen to know is uh, like, are any of the schools educating kids? You know, is that, are they talking about this kind of thing or is that, you know, off the table? Should it be more parents doing that stuff? What do you know about right. that? So we've kind of started to delve into that and we really encourage community members to reach out to their school boards, say, hey, are you talking to kids about human trafficking? Are you educating them on this? Because it's an important thing to, yes, to talk absolutely. about. Um, but one of our biggest ways for for TAT to be involved is is that we do in our busing energy, um, sorry, in our, one of the most important ways that TAC gets involved is in our busing program, we do have a school bus driver, uh, local school bus driver training video um, that we will send out to, um, to different school bus companies so that they can use that to train their drivers. Well, and I know, uh, like on your website, uh, like you said, you can certainly go there by yourself as an individual, go through the training process, get certified. What should a company or what should carriers be doing how could they help get involved in this if they're not already involved? Yeah, absolutely. Um, reach out to anybody at TAT. 
you know, um, ask for somebody on staff to talk to. We'd love to get involved with you. Um, we'd love to send you materials. If you want to, you know, receive that trucking industry specific training video where we would absolutely love to get your drivers trained, um, so that they can be aware so that they can be more educated while out on the road. Um, we have a, a, a large number of corporate sponsors and, and a lot of them are in the transportation industry. And that's that's typically how it gets started is they hear about it from another transportation company or um, they've heard from a member at TAT and they say, you know what, I think we, we're going to take this a little more seriously and we're going to move on to that next step and, and get trained. Yeah, when I was visiting with you and Molly the other day on the phone and we were kind of catching up because it had been a little while since we'd spoke, but, you know, she had asked for updated numbers and mm -hmm. I had to go research it. But one of the things we did as a carrier a couple years ago uh, was we went through the organization and we have roughly 100 people uh, in our company. So not only the drivers got certified, but our dispatchers, our shops, our techs, you know, everybody went through the process. We just made it part yeah. of the, the assigned work. And then... Um, so we had updated her after we completed the initial training and then we kind of went back and I said, okay, I know we've had drivers come and go, you know, over the last couple of years, how many more? So right. I think we were, I think we added another maybe 20 or 40 individuals that we've trained over the course of a couple of years. So it was kind of cool to understand that, you know, Hey, we've, we participate in this as a, an organization and a carrier. And, and we've provided this training uh, for well over 100 people now. And uh, we just made it part of our driver orientation. So as a driver, a new hire starts, they're getting this training, they're getting certified right away. Yeah, absolutely. And we love to hear that, whether it's a part of regular safety training, your new driver orientation, um, using our training in any way, we, we love to hear that. And then I know you guys also provided small, maybe like a two inch by two inch window decal. Uh, we, yeah, we put those on the trucks, you know, on the driver's side, the passenger side. So uh, hopefully if anybody were ever approach our trucks, they would see that decal uh, and know. Yeah, that we hear could, a lot of stories about that. Yeah, it could be help if someone needs help, too. Ah. So, yeah. So do you have a, uh, a story you can share share with us about a survivor then? Absolutely. Uh, so we actually, we have an award that we give out every year to um, a member of the transportation industry, whether that be trucking, busing, or energy, who has a story of, of how they've used our training to call the National Human Trafficking Hotline and then have something happen from it. Uh, and in September of 2022, there was a professional uh, truck driver by the name of Joe Aguayo, who was driving in a part of the country uh, that was kind of known for its lack of cell phone service, but also for its hot springs as well. So he's way up in the mountains. He was, you know, driving his route. And as he came ar around the corner on, on his route, he saw something that he knew was wrong right away. Um, there was a woman standing on the edge of the road. Her head was completely shaved. She was looking up around the mountains, not sure of where she was. And the only thing that she was wearing was a beach towel. So he knew something was wrong right away. Right. Um, you know, based upon those indicators. Uh, and while still adhering to his company's unknown passenger policy that they had, he did the right thing, kept driving for about 10 more minutes until he saw a police call box. He pulled over on the side of the road. He made a call to local law enforcement, said, hey, this is my location. This is where I'm at and gave a description of the woman. Uh, and thankfully, um, because he made that call, this 27-year-old victim of human trafficking was was recovered. Um, 
What Joe didn't know is that the area of the country that he was in was actually a popular dumping ground for human traffickers um, and mostly for indigenous women because they knew it was a remote location where most people just wouldn't stop to help or call in for help due to the lack of cell phone service. Um, and the only reason he knew what to do was because his company had actually recently engaged with TAT's training and their free training materials. And so um, he likely saved her life that day. And so we were really proud to name Joe our 2023 Harriet Tubman Award winner this year for that. Gosh, that's a fantastic story. And like you said, he saved a life. Uh, one more time, can you tell us a little bit about where to find the resources? Where does somebody go if they want to get involved and learn more? Absolutely. Our website is absolutely fantastic. It's got so much information that's so valuable on there for anybody, not just any member of the trucking bus or energy industries, but just community members as well. And so I would really encourage if you feel called to do something about this or get trained or you want to see any of our free training materials that we have, go to our website at www.truckersagainsttrafficking.org. Thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate yeah, all the efforts so that you're doing. You bet. Take care. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Driven Too Far. Check out the show notes to learn more about human trafficking.